Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Gamescast. This is episode 75. My name is Jeffrey Morse. Joining me here today, Nathan Wagner. How's it going, Nathan? It is going. We're on... Episode 75? Episode 75, I'm sorry. It's my last week of work before vacation. My brain is half gone. So I apologize for everything I'm about to say. <laughs> no worries. I, I just started my Christmas break, so I've been playing a lot of games the last couple days. and relaxing. It's been great. You're almost there. I'm excited for you to join me <laughs> in this wonderful time of year. Uh, yeah. Also joining us, uh, the newly double dad, Rob Douglas. How's it going, Rob? Yeah, I think I have a better excuse for being tired right now also, because... I have two children now. There, <laughs> there is no such thing as sleep anymore. So, you so know, you're saying you're playing more video games instead of sleep, right? <laughs> I actually did play a video game earlier today. I had my PS4 controller, and like the new baby was just passed out in my arms, and so I, she was on my arms, and I'm oh, sitting perfect. here just playing the game. Controller lost feeling in my fingers after a while. But that's okay. <laughs> So now you know how Yoshi feels having to take care of baby Mario and baby Luigi by taking care of two babies at once. We're still trying to get stuff done. but uh, Yeah, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> so uh, we about, we're not a baby podcast. We're not. We're not. Uh, not yet. Nathan doesn't have a baby. We'll be a baby podcast uh, someday. Um, so uh, today we got a fun show for you guys. We're going to be starting off with the news as always. And then uh, we have two Nintendo Switch indie game reviews that we'll be doing um, and then uh, Rob has a little segment that we're going to be sharing uh, a few of our favorite things, as uh, he put it earlier. And, of course, we will leave you with what we're playing. And uh, just uh, a few notes before we get started here. Um, this is <coughs> our last planned podcast for 2017. And so um, this will be the last wow. Tuesday show um, that you guys, our audience, gets. Um, if we can make it work, we're, we'll try to schedule uh, our busy holiday schedules where... You know, we're, we're all in all over the place, visiting family, doing other stuff. We'll try to maybe record one, but uh, this is the only one we have planned. And then we are, uh, we'll be taking next week off and uh, resuming in two weeks from today. So just, just so you guys know what to look for. And, you know, even though the show's not here, you can find us on Twitter at Halison underscore games. Um, all of our own personal Twitter's on there, too, if you want to just bug one of us for some reason. Like, Jaeger's been bugging Nathan about Animal Crossing Pocket Camp all the time, and he wants <laughs> us to do an entire 60-minute episode on just that game, and I just don't think there's enough content. So I'm sorry. Can't uh, do that. But, but you know, we'll, we'll, talk, was, we'll talk to you on Twitter about anything you want. I was talking to Jaeger on Twitter about Animal Crossing, and I'm just trying to, like, calculate how much time he's put into the Pocket Camp, and I calculate it must be at least, like, 40 hours or something. <laughs> Which is kind of ridiculous. It's impressive. So, yeah, it's very impressive, Jaeger. You have Jaeger. to uh, confirm or deny this one. <laughs> 40 hours or not, above yes. or below. Yeah, so, you know, we, we always give Jaeger a shout-out on the show. You know, he's one of our big fans who always, you know, is responding to us on Twitter and, you know, uh, keeping up with us. So you you can uh, keep up with us, too. Uh, Follow us on, on the Twitter, as they say. Yeah, um, so... <laughs> Our first uh, big news segment today is Dragon Ball Fighter Z has an open beta scheduled on January 14th and 15th. And so uh, this is basically the new Dragon Ball Z fighting game yep. that actually looks good and doesn't look like garbage like all the other Dragon Ball Z games <laughs> that I've seen. And uh, Nathan, being our probably the biggest Dragon Ball Z fan here on the show, um, are you planning to jump into this? And what are you excited about for this game? 
Uh, so I'm very excited to jump into this. This beta basically comes out a week before I think the game launches the t- January 22nd. Oh, so wow. It's about I didn't a, know it was that soon. Yeah, so it's like a week before the game launches. So kind of just give everyone a chance to jump in and see what the game is Get about. Get the hype up so that everyone yeah. will buy it. Um, there also was a trailer that released with this announcement, and they basically kind of showed all of the iconic moments from the show within the engine of Dragon Ball Fighter Z, <laughs> and it just what? made my heart... Very so warm. they're getting the nostalgia in too. <laughs> yes, they're getting the nostalgia in very hardcore. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to buy the game right away because obviously I'm not a huge fighting game expert and I haven't played a lot of... This is a... What does it call it? Like Switch Out Fighter? Uh, I just call it like a Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah. Uh, so I, you can have up to, I think, three different characters mm-hmm. at the same time and you can switch them all out. Yeah. Um, and like the art and style like looks that. very... like The art style looks amazing. So yeah. It's 3D models but they all look like they're hand-drawn. Like it's, it's very kind of yeah. cool. Uh, similar to like Marvel's Capcom 3 almost uh, art style in the game. And yeah. Like you said, and the, the backgrounds is... like can get damaged as you fight and stuff like that. Oh, so they'll really? change. Yeah. Oh, so cool. throughout the fight, they'll kind of change. Kind of like time. injustice or something. Yeah, kind of like injustice. And like if you do like a super power move, it'll kind of like sometimes it'll destroy the planet like in the show, which is really cool and change the background. <laughs> destroy the whole planet you're fighting on. Yeah. So basically, like uh, some of the moves, yeah, like if you do it, the entire game. like thing will just blow up, and then there'll just be like lava in the background that you're fighting on. Holy so God. it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to jump in because, like I said, I don't know if I'm going to buy this right at launch, but I want to jump in and get a feel for it, and then then I'll kind of know more, you know, what price I'm willing to pay for this game when I want to pick yeah. it up, etc. Well, I, I know this is called the open beta, but like this is pretty effectively just a demo for the game. Yeah, this the is basically just a demo. Done. It's coming a out week a week before. before, so I mean, it's really just to get people into the game, trying it, and hopefully getting them to purchase the game, you know, the next week. I think that's kind of the point of this. But. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds cool. I'll, I'll jump in. I'm not a Dragon Ball Z guy, but I love fighting games. <laughs> I play, you know, a couple of different fighting games every week, and I'll definitely check this one out. So hopefully it's better than the very disappointing Marvelous Capcom Infinite free trial that they did last weekend. Oh, man. Me and Von Hunter were trying to play it together because he has the full game and I had the trial. But the trial literally only let you play random unranked battles against another player online like you couldn't invite friends you couldn't try out like one of the story mode missions you couldn't do like you couldn't do like local you couldn't do local versus you couldn't invite anyone like it was very disappointed how limited that uh demo was but anyways hopefully this one turns a little bit better um (laughs) another piece of news that has been circular at around the web this week ever since the new legend of zelda breath of the wild dlc season pass has been completed in an interview, they dropped what some people are perceiving to be a bomb, but I think it's kind of a no-brainer. But the next Legend of Zelda game is officially in development, so <gasps> whatever's coming after Breath of the Wild, they're now working on it on this next Zelda game, which, you know, right after Skyward Sword was done, they said the same thing. All right, Skyward Sword's out. We're now working on the next game, which turned out to be Breath of the Wild. So um, what I want... Do we do we think, I mean, really quickly before you... I know, know what you're going to ask, but really quickly before we say that, do we think it'll come out on the same timetable as Breath of the Wild? Five years in development and then switch over to a new console? <laughs> I think since this came out the beginning of the yeah. Switch's life cycle, the Switch will be getting the next, uh, the next one as well. Like The Switch, <laughs> at the rate it's selling, will last longer than the Wii U, and the Wii U lasted four years. And so, yeah. you know... As long as it doesn't get delayed past five years, like it's going to come out in the Switch. Yeah, and most, almost every Zelda game, except for like the exception of Majora's Mask, where they reused basically all of the same ad sets and put, remixed it um, with Ocarina of Time. All of the Zelda games, there's been about a five year 
period in between the first Zelda game and the next or yeah. the last Zelda game and the next Zelda game. Yeah. So as long as we get it on Switch, I think people yeah. will well, be happy. If you remember, Breath of the Wild is technically a Wii U game that yep. was made for Wii U, and then they ported it to the Switch. And this is you know the same thing with Twilight Princess. That was a GameCube game. They ported it to the Wii for the Wii's launch, and then you know five years later, Skyward Sword, which was the true Wii game that you know had the everything that used all the Wii's hardware power and the Wii Motion Plus and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that'll be the same thing. Four or five years, we'll see one that was built purely for the Switch. So you're saying you don't think it will be like, you think it'll be like a new engine, completely new everything. You don't think they'll use, reuse the same engine? Because there's um, been a lot of talk about that. And I I think they will. I, I, I think it's going to be different. I don't think they want to try to recapture the lightning in the bottle that is Breath of the Wild. I think... Gameplay mechanics from Breath of the Wild will transfer over, but I don't think they're going to basically just make another giant Hyrule, but in a you know different universe like Majora's Mask is. So yeah, I think that, that's my opinion. Opinion. But, um, but yeah, that that was already a great discussion. But is there anything else that you guys really want in this next big Zelda game? And you know, we're not talking a smaller two D Zelda game. We're not talking you know a Triforce Heroes or Link's Crossbow Training. Like the next mainline three D Zelda game, presumably for Switch. What is like something that you really want to see in that game, or maybe something that you don't want to be in that game, and something that you want to be different? Okay, so this is a little bit controversial, but I'm going to go out on Uh-oh. here because I feel like because I'm not as big of a Nintendo nerd as you guys, I can do a little controversial. You need to be careful. This is the game series that was crowned the game of the year on pretty much everything, including our own gamies, and True. the series most dear to Nathan's heart here. So uh, True. Watch your words, son. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, okay. I got two for you guys. Ready? So first off, Zelda or Link is different every game. It's a different Link. You know, we we've kind of Nintendo's established like timeline wise. It's throughout many years, yeah. and they're different Links, different generations. I, yes. I want to see a female Link. Wait. So you want to see Link-o? not not <laughs> Zelda, like not Zelda as a playable character character female no. link linkle or something else a linky <laughs> so yeah. exclusively as a female link or you can choose either male or female link. Ooh, ooh, now you're getting into difference. into more intense territory and if you do make link a girl is zelda still in the game and is zelda still a girl as well like is it just yeah, you know, yeah, that's, girl that's sell, gonna... saving the princess or is like you know it's a role switch there long lost sisters well what would you want rob would you want the choice or do you want that say no you have to play as a girl link <laughs> i want let's say you have to play as female link and you're still saving zelda but zelda is your long lost sister you guys were separated at birth like kind of a little uh <laughs> so it's like uh, frozen <laughs> so it's like wind waker <laughs> but you're a girl kind of yeah yeah okay was it uh the prince and the pauper type Prince and the Story. Popper infused with Frozen and the Wind Waker. That's the next blockbuster <laughs> Zelda game right there. That's it a good is, idea. It is. And, okay. and here's the last part of this, because going on a land, this is going to be the controversial part. <laughs> you change the arrows and everything. Steampunk. I'd be okay with that. I think I think that'd be fun. I experimenting. Mean, the Breath of the Wild, like kind of the ancient gear and stuff like that. Yeah, they dabbled uh, in it. That They dabbled in a little bit, and that made me like more receptive to the idea of a steampunk zelda game 
As long as you still have some grassy fields and but, open vistas. I, think. Yeah, I don't sure. really want a steampunk Zelda game. I feel like I've played a lot of steampunk games and I'm kind of <laughs> over that genre. So I'm going to say no to that. The motorcycle is your first mode of transportation. <laughs> yeah, Epona is effectively replacing Zelda Cannon from now on with motorcycles. <laughs> Do you think you'll be able to get the go. motorcycle in every Zelda game going forward? Uh, I mean, it all started so, in Mario Kart 8, and uh, ever since then. We'll have to see. Um, okay. I, so, I, what about I you, Jeff? I think Steampunk would be better for just, like, a themed dungeon to be steampunk. Yeah, I, I would game. totally be okay with that. Yeah. But that that's I, what I, I want. That's the weirdest and most controversial opinions right there. So there's there's <laughs> our controversy for the yeah, day. No yeah, you guys, that, that was a bold take. I, um, I, this is one that's, I'm not going to say it's a bold take. I think a lot of other people want this too, but uh, it has to also do with the dungeons. I want there to be, you know, at least six or seven big themed dungeons in the next big Zelda game because those were always kind of the memorable parts in all the old Zelda games. And, you know, while I absolutely loved Breath of the Wild and, you know, I thought the shrine challenges were really, really fun to find and completing the mini challenges inside, I kind of missed there being really a big fully themed dungeon, whether it's, Are you, you know, thinking like water temple? Lava yeah, temple, yeah, yeah. Like, like a water like temple fire, or, you know, a fire, forest uh, temple, forest temple, all those di- kind of different temple. big themed ones where yeah. you really had to work at it for, you know, a, a couple hours um, to really solve it. And there was your mid boss and your, your end boss. I really missed that i think the boss encounters were always pretty special um as well so i'd love to see them to bring that back to have some big worlds i'm okay you know it still kind of has a lot of the open world design that breath of the wild does but to have more of those big open uh destination dungeons as well would be cool um yeah if they could somehow like do a hybrid of gameplay between breath of the wild and also have those old dungeons in and yeah bring back some of kind of the item stuff that those brought back as well yeah that I mean, would be really neat cause that gives you really memorable story points it, it would make mm-hmm. the story stronger it gives the player you know something that they can really remember and work towards as well and even you know they could still keep it so you can do them in any order just like in breath of the wild like that'd be you know fine with me but um i think that would just be awesome i mean it i don't think anyone's favorite part of breath of the wild was playing either of the four of the four uh what are they called the divine beasts the divine like, beasts yeah i mean they were they were oh, fine yeah. they weren't they weren't grave they weren't bad but um yeah i don't know that's that's kind of what yeah, i would want for sure uh for me i want the game to be like in the in i, I want them to use the same engine like i'd be totally fine with that and so like a sequel to breath of the wild yeah so kinda. like a sequel to like, breath of the wild oh, okay um it doesn't necessarily i i think even doing the same link and i I really hoped with the DLC they were going to mm-hmm. go back in time and go back to like the hundred years before mm-hmm. and like change kind of the entire land of Hyrule. And um, so I'd love to see them do something like that. Kind of similar to Majora's Mask where um, it doesn't necessarily have to be Hyrule even, but just really big open world thing um, where you're exploring and doing similar things, but it's a completely different land. All the landscape is so different. Basically what you're discovering to take the entire world of Breath of the Wild copy and paste them into a new thing and then go through each zone and just totally change everything so everything looks different there's different mountain ranges different caves and just everything's different so you're just exploring a whole new world again exploring a whole new world again add in so that you can swim underwater yeah similar feeling and stuff like that add in swimming okay i want to be able to like via zora mask or via link like via zora mask so you could like because in previous Zelda games, like there were parts where you could explore underwater and stuff well, like yeah, that, and I know people didn't like that. water water dungeons, but yeah. I kind of miss parts of that as well. So, well, I mean, I think the water dungeons are kind of iconic part of Zelda, and we all just kind of have grown to 
love and hate them at the same time. So <laughs> yeah. not having those is kind of it's it feels like you're missing that really grumpy uncle well, yeah, and, that you and, you hate but you you love <laughs> well in breath of the wild they just made water very terrifying and scary like anytime you needed to get across water it's like okay there's no boat i just have to make a giant bunch of ice cubes and slowly float through each one and hopefully i don't die <laughs> type thing so yeah but anyways um but hopefully my hope with that would just be that the game could be made maybe in like three years instead of five yeah. wouldn't have to wait as long exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah and i think Another that makes Breath sense. Of the Wild like experience. Everyone would be yep. okay with. And they put a part. they put a ton of time into that engine yeah. too, so I think it could be used again. Yeah. All right, so let us know on Twitter at Hatelessen underscore Games. Uh, what do you want for the next uh, Zelda game? There's something you really want in there, or maybe something that you don't want in there. Let us know. Um, next piece of news here has me very excited because one of my all-time <laughs> favorite racing games uh, is rumored to be uh, coming back and re-released on modern uh, platforms, and that, of course is Burnout Paradise, uh, which Ooh. I think originally came out around 2009, I want to say. I think, I think it's, that's when I picked it up. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Um, yeah, it was about halfway through the Xbox 360 generation. And um, what I loved about this game, it was a, the last uh, game in the Burnout series, which was basically known for taking, you know, uh, realistic, you know, cars in a realistic setting, but just totally being totally crazy arcade where you can crash into people and take them down and do crazy drifts and stunts and just totally over-the-top racing gameplay. And Burnout Paradise was so cool because it was an open-world like racing game. So mm-hmm. you basically had this giant Paradise City that you could just drive around. And if you stopped at any stoplight and like revved your engine, it would start a challenge where there was a race or a time attack or a takedown challenge. Um, there's tons of hidden collectibles to find. Think kind of like Tony Hawk. We have to find like the hidden tapes, kind of like that. We had to smash through billboards, and yeah. uh, it had online components and everything. And I just really loved this game. It had a fun soundtrack. And if this is actually coming back for modern consoles, I will totally buy this again on the Switch to be able to have this really fun racing game. Because so are they they remastering it or are they building from ground up? Is that, um, that I, I assume it's a remaster. Like yeah. it's a rumor. It came out of a, a Brazilian. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. It was listed on like, I think a Brazilian Amazon Retailer. Or, Walmart or something like that. Oh yeah. And they leak things all the time down there for some reason. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, and I think it would make sense, you know, it's easy money for EA. This is made by criterion, the creator of the burnout series. And so they're and not really around the game just kind of but... bombed in November. Like yeah. got really yeah. bad reviews and I don't, is this probably EA didn't sell that well. Apologizing? Maybe. Maybe. Or just trying, <laughs> trying to make to get some, some money back. Some yeah. Money, yeah. But yeah, I think this would be awesome because Mario Kart's really the only racing game on the Switch. Um, and this game, while it is kind of arcadey, it's a totally different kind of racing game than Mario Kart. Yeah. So. It totally makes sense and would have a place yeah. on and that so platform. It's rumored for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, everything. But um, yeah, let us know. Would you guys be interested in a Burnout Paradise remaster? Like, I know, I know you guys didn't own it originally. I, I, have you guys played it? Would you be uh, I played it. I played it a little bit. I I don't know if I'd necessarily buy it, but it would be fun to play it again at least because mm-hmm. I do remember having some enjoyable experiences with it, playing it on uh, 360 and just having fun. So I, I think uh, it would be... Go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I played a lot of Burnout 2 actually on the original <laughs> Xbox. Um, nice. That was when the and series got really good. That was good. kind of when the series got really good. And I think, I don't know if it introduced Crash Mode, but it made it really, really good. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of the first game that had that, the idea of just the Causing whole point of the game was just trying chaos. to cause damage and chaos. I had a lot of fun with that. I don't think I ever played Burnout Paradise, but 
be cool to see it come back. I mean, I'd probably give it a chance. So, oh, can I share I, a, I, a quick, really funny story about Burnout Paradise and how it affected yeah. my real world? Oh yeah. <laughs> so in Burnout Paradise, at any point in the game, if you basically uh, uh, push a certain trigger button, you basically flip your car, no matter where you're driving in the city, and you could just start the crash mode. Which, if you're not familiar how it works, you basically just try to crash into as many different objects and cars as you can. And you the more things points, you explode, right? yeah, the more dollar damage you cause. Kind of like uh, skates uh, break, you know, the bone breaking. Yeah, totally, totally. In skate three. Um, and so you basically had to set a high score on every street. And so the best way to do it was if you hit a bus, you would get like combos. It would like multi, it would multiply your score. So anytime I saw a bus as I was driving around, I would usually just okay, I'm going to try crash mode and try to get a high score. And I was so used to it. I played that game so much over winter break uh, that year in college that uh, one day I was driving in real life in my car. I drove next to a bus, and all of a sudden I swerved my car like a little bit to the right. And it was just it probably swerved a few inches. But I just like corrected myself, and I'm just like, what the heck? Why did I just swerve towards a bus? And I'm like, I've been playing too much Burnout Paradise. I need to stop playing this game before I... Do crash mode in real life and die in a hole. All right, I need to retract my stance on Burnout Paradise. Do not bring it back out. If it does come out, Jeffrey, you are not allowed to get this game. You are banned for the public safety of our children Mm. and anyone else involved. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Either you're banned from playing this game or you're banned from driving. Yeah, I'll just tell my wife I can't drive anymore anymore. I need her to drive me everywhere. I'll go over well. I'll go over well. (laughs) So. Let us know if you guys are interested in game Burnout Paradise. If you're excited about this coming back, hit us up at Twitter and let us know your thoughts. Anything about that? All right. Um, so I think uh, we caught about most of our news uh, for today. We've been talking a bit, and so we're just going to jump straight into our switch reviews. So we still have some time for yep. our uh, fun segment that Rob has planned for us. Um, so we just have two Nintendo Switch reviews. Uh, both these games were provided by um, the uh, publishers. And so, Nathan, you have the first one here. Um, I do. So I want to talk about The Sexy Brutale. Um, this game... So, the can what? you say, that, say the name again? Because when I first heard this, I was like, what? Yeah, so the name of the game is The Sexy Brutale. And this game <laughs> launched, I think, on Steam and PS4 back in April, April this year, I think. Okay. So pretty early this year. And when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, this game probably is some terrible, like, Japanese like weird <laughs> game that I would never want to play or anything like that um, yeah. just because the name kind of turned me off yeah but what it actually is is as I looked more into it um is the it's basically a mystery puzzle game and the, where it gets his name is you are exploring this mansion called the and it's literally called this casino mansion called the sexy brutal so that's where it gets gets its okay. name um but the way this game works is you are you wake your character wakes up in this mansion and you see like this person like get shot and you're like what is going on and then you like wake up back in time and you're like wait what's happening again so this game is basically like a a groundhog day um Mm. style game so you are set in this mansion and you see you basically are tasked with saving these different characters so from being we, murdered and killed when you say groundhog day does that mean like you replay the same day over and yes over? so you basically every murder in this mansion takes place on a saturday someone dies um there's like eight different characters and it all takes place on a saturday from 12 p.m until i think 11 p.m at night so you have like okay. 11 hours and 
each different character dies at a certain in a different part of the mansion at a different time of day and they they die through some of them are murdered through guards or some of them are poisoned um one of them like so there's debauchery commits, going on yes there is debauchery um one of them commits suicide so jeez yeah it's a little bit of a dark game but it's really really neat so your goal is you're basically trying to save these eight different characters and you do that through basically sneaking around the mansion and as you go around the mansion you find different objects that you can interact with different clues that kind of give you hints of the puzzle and then kind of the the main one of the main mechanics of this game is you can view um you can look through like keyholes in the door mm-hmm. and you can see what other characters are doing and saying and stuff like that so you that. gotta spy on people yeah so, so you it can, has like a stealth element yeah so it has a stealth element um basically you're invisible but if you're in the same room as someone else if you don't leave within like i think it's 15 or 20 seconds or something like that you get found out and then you basically have to restart that day mm. so yeah so you're oh, not interacting with anyone ever you're basically so it's not like sherlock holmes where you're interviewing people and that sort of thing you're actually like trying to solve it behind people's backs yeah you are trying to solve and change these murders um without ever actually interacting with anyone so okay so like if you find out how someone dies then you can go back in time before they die and then like move things around so it doesn't happen exactly exactly so so it's like majora's mask kind of kind of yeah yeah so you you see you figure out you walk around you see oh this is the person i'm trying to save how do they die oh how did they die how could i change that maybe whether it's um maybe uh slight slight spoiler but kind of the very intro um to this game that teaches you how to play the game a person gets shot in the chest with a gun and you have to find a blank and insert that blank into the gun and then they don't and then they don't die. So when they get shot, they don't actually get So when they the when they oh, get okay. shot, they don't actually die. And then um after every after you save every character, basically you unlock a new part of the map and you gain a new ability to help you save different oh, characters. Okay. So like one of them <laughs> is super hearing. Um, and there's lots of other cool abilities you hmm. gain. Um, and so each of those abilities kind of opens up a new section of the, of the mansion yeah. that allows you to go to a different part and kind of see different people that you might not have seen before, interact with them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Does the game like kind of like guide you along pretty well? Is it pretty challenging to figure out things? Um, or? So the first part, it guides you along pretty well. It kind of tells you where you need to go. But um, after a certain point, it kind of just le- it doesn't even move you on to the next character. Um, it just kind of leaves you and you have to kind of walk around and observe stuff. And then you're like, oh, this is the person that's being murdered. So you have to find out what you're oh, trying to okay. solve in the first place gotcha. um, as well. So hmm. it's a, it's really different from any other game that I've ever played, especially um, hmm. in video game form. Nice. So I, I have had a lot of fun with it. It's really short. I think I, I haven't quite beaten the game, but I'm about three quarters of the way through the game. I think there's eight different characters you're trying to save. And I've saved, saved like six of them. And that took me about, I put about four, four and a half hours in this game. So you could get through this game in about five, six hours, I'd say. Um, But it is a really, the thing I, I really appreciate about it too, is I've played almost this entire game with my wife actually, Hmm. Um, because only one person can play at a time, but you're both kind of observing and, um, seeing, being like, oh, I see this. Uh, try and look over there and see if you can do that and stuff like that. So it's a really fun game to play with another person. So it's like a real life puzzle. You know, they're more fun to do if you have someone else there looking yes. at it from a different angle. Right? Totally. Give you a totally. little bit of help to solve the puzzles. Yes. Cool. So exactly. it's almost kind of like a co op game in a way where it's fun to play with a group or maybe a partner. Yeah. Yeah. It would totally be fun to play. Mm-hmm. Even, I don't know about a party game because um, mm-hmm. you are trying to observe and be very, take good notes and stuff like that. But. 
And the other cool part of this is everything you see um, basically gets marked on your map. And then at any point you can pause and look at your map. And then you can go scroll backward and forward in time and see like, oh, this oh, okay. person is in this part of the mansion at 2 o'clock. And at 4 o'clock, they're in this part of the mansion. Um, so and do then you they drop this. Them- you have Go to ahead. solve them one at a time, or like you solve this one, you have to do this one first, you have to do this one second, you have to do this one third, or could you like start one and be like, I'm kind of stuck, I'm going to move on and maybe solve another murder? You I, No, you you solve them in a very set order. Like the game kind okay. of gives you this character, then moves you on to the next character. You can't really jump around okay. and go to different areas. So so was there anything you ran um, into that you didn't like? Yeah, so the, the problem part of this game, this game uh, on Switch has a couple issues one the frame rate uh is not very good like it stutters a lot um there were parts of the game where i would go into a different area of the mansion and i would it would literally sit there and there would be like a loading bar that came up for like three seconds and something (laughs) like that while it loaded into the next area um when you go into different areas um the frame rate will sometimes drop like pretty bad like down to like five frames a second or something like that can be pretty jarring. Um, I reached out to the developer. The develop the publisher is Tequila Works, um, who's the publisher behind the Rhyme game. Oh, okay. That had kind of really bad technical issues uh, as well with that yeah, port. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, and it was because of the it was the Switch port, not yeah, the game itself. Yeah, yeah, no, it was the Switch. It's the Switch Switch port specifically that has these issues. And they said they are working on a patch. It's supposed to be out by the end of this next week, but um, okay. it's not out yet. So. We'll have so to hopefully that see. fixes that frame. Yeah, rate hopefully issues. that that clears a bunch of that up. Well, if that's um, really your only problem, then yeah. hopefully it gets patched. That the, means it's the game is solid. is really pretty. Like on PS4, I looked up some screenshots for comparison. Uh, the game does like have a better lighting, kind of a better lighting system on PS4, mm. and is a little bit prettier. Um, the Switch version mm. just looks looks fine, but it doesn't look amazing or anything. Would you like recommend that. the PS4 one over it because of these um, issues, or do you think no, it I doesn't love matter because of the portability? I don't. I love it because of the portability, and this isn't a game where you're like. You're not trying to view... You don't need, like, super, super clear resolution. That's not the point of the game. Um, And even, like, the frame rate, like, it's annoying, but it doesn't really hamper the gameplay at all because you're not, like, trying to do these actions that are set to a certain timing and stuff like that. Oh, okay. It's very slow and easygoing. Cool. And and this is out now on the eShop? Yeah, it came out uh, on the eShop, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, But it's out now. It's 20 bucks. Um, At that price, I would probably recommend it i think 15 would be like a little bit better for this game since it is pretty short mm-hmm. but if you're and until of, they get the technical difficulties kind of sorted yeah, out it might until be they get more the tech- worth 15 than 20 yeah exactly um i think overall the sexy brutal is a really cool mystery puzzle game with great level design re- rewarding progression and a neat time mechanic only held back by its technical limitations on the switch so okay cool nice yeah i'd pick it up if you're looking for something to play over christmas break or the holidays or whatever <laughs> any of those those puzzle tech games <laughs> yes there's a lot of them all right well our next game uh that i got the chance to review was um the end is nigh and uh the end is nigh uh just came out about two weeks ago on the nintendo switch as well and what's neat about this game is it got announced in june of this year um and then launched the next month in july um on steam and you know it, got, it was received really well there and then on the Switch version, is actually the first console version that this game is on. So um, it's coming to PS4 at some point, but a date hasn't really been announced yet or anything. And so um, it's it's $15 on the eShop. And the I think the neatest thing about this game is there's so much content for a $15 game um, in the end is nigh. Um, now, let me just preface it in saying, like, 
this is made by Edmund McMillan, who is the, well, he's basically best well known for making Super Meat Boy. And so, you know, most people are familiar with Meat Boy. It's the hardcore platformer, very, very challenging, mm-hmm. um, you know, Twitch based reflexes with wall jumps and, you know, buzz saws everywhere that you have to avoid. And uh, this is basically, I would say, the spiritual successor to Super Meat Boy. You know, he went on to okay. make Binding of Isaac, which, you know, was a different type of gameplay with the roguelike. With, you know, a it's it's a lot of fun, but it's very dark. Yeah, yeah, but it's still got that totally that same style as Meat Boy and Binding of Isaac, where it's kind of the smaller kind of cutesy blob looking characters, but it's very kind of dark and grotesque at the same time. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of got a signature style, I guess you could say. Um, and even like the opening intro was hilarious. I loved it, but there was like a bunch of F-bombs in it as well. So like this game is definitely like mature. Like it's gameplay wise, it's very kind of simple, I guess. There's not a lot you can do, but it is challenging and it's also very mature at the same time. Is it? So I noticed I was watching you play this game a little bit and because it's so dark, I found it a little bit hard to see the kind of the different obstacles and stuff you're trying to avoid. Is mm-hmm. it pretty easy to detect that once you're kind of playing the game? And um, get, yeah, well, get once you get into the groove, I, I never had an issue with seeing where I was because really seeing where you are isn't really the problem. It's really just the the muscle reflexes and the, the twitch of how long should I hold on to the A button or should, should I jump at this angle or that angle? And so I, I didn't really run into that issue, but I do see what you're saying. If you think of Meat Boy, you know, you have this bright red blob, and so yeah. you can very clearly see him no matter what level you're playing. And yeah. this year, you're playing basically a black blob, and all the worlds are pretty much in grayscale. It's like different tones of grays and blacks. And basically, the story of the game, it's actually really funny. You start up the game, and it, the little main character, the little black blob guy with like a little smiley face, <laughs> he just goes, Okay, my name's Ash. Here we go. We're here on the stream we're going to stream one of my favorite games of all time the end is nigh and uh here we go <laughs> and like it literally shows the character on like a little twitch feed with like the little live icon just like, like on down twitch. in the corner of the game yeah down in the corner with like the little comments <laughs> and the game looks like an old like atari game like it's very very pixelated but it's like the same basic gameplay as the normal game and basically they make the very beginning of this little intro game that you play very challenging and the point is like you're supposed to die within a couple seconds and then the real game starts with like the real art style and everything but i actually watched on youtube and some guy beat the intro game like there's 10 different levels and it's ultra hard like i didn't even get halfway through the first little level on the intro game <laughs> you know just spikes and saws everywhere and some guy beat it on like the little stream intro and Ash just went, all right. And uh, wow, that game was easier than I remember. And uh guess that's it. Stream over. See you guys. And then the game just ends. So like you can literally <laughs> wow. beat the game in like in two like minutes. Two minutes if you're good enough. If you're good enough. Yeah. And are crazy enough to that. I think you can achieve it. That's kind of like stuff. one of those uh, speed run type challenges right totally, there. See if totally. you can beat the, the little intro on it. It's yeah. Just the fact like... that, you know, the developer kind of embraced that. Hey, like these games like Meat Boy and stuff, they may look crazy, but you can totally master them if you're dedicated enough and have fun with speed. Yeah. So um, I thought that was a really cool intro. And basically what happens when you do die in that game, their game like glitches and then Ash goes, Oh wait, no, uh, maybe I'll fight this bull on the cartridge. It'll fix it. And he's like, Oh, that didn't work. Oh no. And basically since his game breaks and his computer breaks, he's forced to go outside because he has nothing left to do. And he's so bored and everything outside is an apocalypse because you live in an apocalypse and all people do is play video games and stream them, apparently. <laughs> and so that's the whole base of the game. It's just totally that's ridiculous. Because, you know, the game is, you know, a Twitch platformer where you're jumping on, uh, you know, different obstacles, moving quickly through stages. And so 
Yeah, there's over 600 stages, and most of the stages are just like a single screen. So similar to like the the VVVVVV game, you know, where oh, you're just yeah. on a single screen and you basically make it through the obstacles, get to the other side, and boom, you're on a new screen with new challenges. So it's very similar to that. As soon as you finish one, you just bop right over to the next screen. You beat the next set of challenges on that screen. Um, it doesn't pop you in and out of levels like Meat Boy does. Um, if you die, does it like reset you right away like Meat Boy? Yep. If okay. you if you die, it just you'll instantly respawn back at the beginning of like the screen you're on. That is the entire like core of that game because if it t- had any loading at all, you yep. would just be frustrated. Yeah, so exactly. Good. And so that that's the fun part. Like even if I kind of get stuck, I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll just you know die because I know I'm just gonna instantly respawn back on the start where I want to be. Yeah. Um, but what makes this game challenging is not only you know the the hardcore platforming skills that you need you know you're going to be feel like you're beating your head against the wall you know sometimes when you're just like oh i just got to keep going until i land my successive jumps all in a row or whatever but uh there's tons of collectibles in this game there's basically a hidden tumor yeah you collect like little tumor things in every level um and they're basically hidden in every level they're kind of in plain sight but they're hard to get to and so for a guy like me who's like loves collecting things and not leaving things behind if i can see it in a game it just kind of kills me because like i'll spend five to ten minutes on just one screen trying to get this one little shiny thing over in the corner that's really hard to get instead of just finishing it which i could have you know done five ten minutes ago and so if you really like collecting things and making the game more challenging it does scale by you know trying to find those collectibles and then you can unlock bonus mini games and there's like little more retro inspired levels that Mm -hmm. have made similar to the intro but are there um, any uh, boss like levels or stages or anything like that? No, I don't think I know there's there any bosses. Meat like Boy had some some stuff like that, right? Yeah, at least I mean I haven't I haven't beaten the game. Like I said, yeah. there's over 600 levels. Um, in my about two or three hours with the game that I've put in so far, there's not any uh, boss fights in there. I think it's just the platforming. It's just platforming. Yeah. Okay. But, well, uh, I assume if you haven't seen one yet, you're probably not going to see one. Yeah, probably not. Um, like I I beaten the first two worlds. I think there's about eight six to eight total worlds so i've gotten about yeah, you know, so a third of the way through it. all the levels yeah. so um yeah if you, but had a, if you had a complaint about this game what would it be or like an, like something that you didn't enjoy as much yeah um i think the art style i'm not a big fan of you know nathan kind of mentioned it beginning it's pretty much just all grays and blacks like the you're pretty much falling on like skyscrapers and stuff like that like blocks are falling down buildings are falling um i'm not super into the art style but like also binding of isaac like i couldn't do that game because it was so gross and like weird and i didn't <laughs> like that art style. And that's kind of what this guy does like that's what he's kind of known for and he's kind of embraced that yeah. so you know it is it is what it is so if you know you want to play this in front of your kids you know you probably shouldn't <laughs> because it is kind of <laughs> does that gross stuff you're collecting weird little tumors and there's dead skeletons like all over the place and stuff like that and you know he kind of does it so it's like more funny rather than to be creepy but it's still kind of yeah a little jarring sometimes but gameplay wise it's solid 60 frames per second it runs really good on the switch portable or in handhelds um and like i said there's a lot of challenges mm-hmm. and most of them are optional like you can find secret levels but yeah i mean it's if you're not good at platforming games or you don't like challenging platformers do not play this game because okay. that's what this is <laughs> yeah like, it's just like meat boy except for i mean it's almost harder in a way because it's different because you're not just doing wall jumps you have to basically time jumps on little hooks and stuff like that so um yeah i mean other than that 
I think it's a great game. If you really liked Meat Boy, you liked Binding of Isaac, definitely check this out because, um, you know, this is more of what you loved in those games. And the last thing I wanted to mention was the soundtrack is actually really cool. I didn't like it at first. Like, it was a little jarring and dark and creepy at first. But the more I played the game, I realized that they just put classical music into this game. So, like, you'll start playing, then you go to a secret area and it'll start playing Mozart. You're like, what the heck? Like, this is weird. And then all of a sudden you'll go back to the surface and it'll keep playing that same, like, kind of classical Beethoven or whatever the song was, but, like, remix it with, like, drums and, like, guitars and stuff. So the entire game oh, is just playing dozens of different classical uh, music, either, like, in 8-bit form or, like, remixed with uh, different, you know, contemporary is- instruments. So we'll be playing one of them at the end of the show for you guys as we always leave you with a song. Mm. But uh, I thought that was actually kind of cool. cool. Yeah, so that was, that was kind of a neat surprise. But And how much is that on uh, eShop right now? It's uh, fifteen dollars, and um, I think it's the same price on Steam as well. Um, and you yeah. can get a physical copy for thirty dollars, yep. I believe. Yeah, there's a physical oh, copy cool. for thirty. It comes with a little ash plushie and like stickers and a bunch yeah. of other goodies. Uh, Nicholas is doing, you know, the, the physical copy. They do a great job with those. So yeah, you can mm-hmm. find this, you know, in your retailers as well. So overall, end of nine. You know, it's the next challenging platformer, and what fans have really come to expect from Edmund McMillan and the remix classical music soundtrack and six hundred plus stages really make this game a must-have for hardcore platformer fans so yeah cool that's, that, that's the end is nigh um so rob i'm gonna let you take it away here for our next segment all right so we were just kind of talking a little bit about christmas and kind of in the uh, you know kind of ending 2017 and we were just kind of talking about uh we've last week uh jeff and nathan talked a little bit about some of their their top 10 favorite kind of games of 2017 and when we did our gamies awards we kind of talked a little bit about like what were some of our favorite you know, games and what games we thought deserved the awards. And we kind of did a review of 2017. So we're just kind of thinking, what can we do this week? Kind of wrap up 2017. We thought, what are a few of our favorite things? Nathan? Just a few. So is this going to be like um, Mary Poppins style? <laughs> More like Sound of Music style. Okay. Sounds Julie good. Andrews, either way. Julie exactly. Andrews. Exactly. <laughs> either way. So we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about just some of our favorite things that w- happened in video games or were in video games this year. So I thought I'd kick it off. It's kind of a a gen- <coughs> excuse me a general one. What are our favorite weapons from this year? Like looking back at video games from this year, what was one of your guys' favorite weapons? Favorite video game weapon this year. <sighs> I'm going to have to go with the Great Flame Sword from Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> because the first time I saw this thing, I was so underpowered. I had, like, you know, the minimum amount of hearts, no armor or anything. And there was, like, these two... Uh, what are the what are the enemies called? Not the not the little mo- Moboblins, but, like, the bigger ones. Oh, the... The Moblins, uh, yeah. yeah. There was two blue Moblins uh, guarding this sword. And they basically were sitting down at this stump. And they were stuck in the middle... I just saw this flaming sword. I'm like, I must get that. So I, I tried like 30 times to get it <laughs> using bombs and stasis, all these things. And when I finally got it, I just felt so amazing because this massive two-handed flame sword. And it just demolished every enemy I pretty much found in the game at that point. And I could set uh, things on fire. So I'd set the grass on fire. Then I could use the hot air to hover through the land. And I just loved that. was kind of my first really big, awesome, powerful weapon I found in Breath of the Wild. And it remains a special place in my heart. So. Cool, cool. Great flame sword. What about you, Rob? Um, so mine's kind of traditional. I mean, I I think 
I was thinking through a lot of the games I've played and some of the games I haven't, and just kind of watching footage of other weapons. And I picked the uh, it's kind of the simple bow and arrow from Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, there's several different kinds of bows that you get. You have the hunter's bow, the the war bow, and the sharpshooter bow. And just I don't know the the feeling of like jumping through the air and just flipping out four arrows or three arrows. <laughs> I think that's the max you could do. And just floating through the air, slow motion, and just punching three arrows into a giant robot dinosaur yeah it was was so cool when you got to to shoot multiple arrows at once that was that was really fun it's such a cool experience and just the bow the higher level i got the more fun i had with the bow and the more i just felt like kind of you know every movie hero like hawkeye katniss legolas i was them (laughs) yeah (laughs) and the neat thing too was you could use different types of arrows so like it wasn't just yeah. standard arrows you had fire arrows ice arrows corruption arrows there was the terror blast arrows which basically like set off like a detonation that tore off armor off the deck yeah and every, every time you thought you had seen everything that that game had to offer there was always something new to unlock as yeah. well yeah well and like depending on what enemy you were fighting you had to pick which arrow you were going to use like mm-hmm. you know certain enemies were more frost based and so you had to use a flame arrow with certain enemies the only way you could destroy them is if you use like the the tear blast yeah. arrows like you had to actually think through this and i just thought that was super cool it's just a really really they, practical they nailed... and fun way to make one of the most simple weapons yeah they nailed nailed the feeling they made it a bow and arrow fun to use for over 40 hours, which is an accomplishment. So. Yes. For sure. Yes, good, good choice. Cool. Uh, so you. my favorite so weapon, mean. I'm going to go a little bit non-traditional here. I'm going to say Cappy is my favorite weapon in 2017. <laughs> yes. Because you get to throw Mario's hat for the first time ever. You can obviously use him to take out um, enemies and Goombas and stuff like that. Um, but you also get to possess all of these different kinds of uh, animals and many different things in mario odyssey you know what i'm talking about if you've played that game (laughs) and it gave you just so many new abilities and things that i wouldn't it gave me so many different platforming challenges that i wouldn't think would traditionally be in a mario game Mm -hmm. um and so even though like you weren't technically killing anyone with it you were taking over their body and leaving them (laughs) basically having no idea what was going on whenever you jumped out. So I'm going to call it a weapon and say that was my favorite weapon of 2017. It's a great choice. There there was actually a guy on YouTube who beat the game without jumping, basically because he used Cappy to move around. And so he beat the entire game without hitting the jump button once just because he was able to do the Cappy jump and some other different moves. So just Cappy made that game so amazing. Yes. Yeah. That's really cool. Great choice. Um, Next favorite thing. So I was thinking a little bit about like locations uh, there's a lot of really cool locations in video games, and I'm thinking specifically: was there a moment in a game where you just paused, like you're sitting there and you stopped, like you had to stop playing the game and just take in the view of what you're seeing? I'll give you guys a chance to think. I have one right off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I was actually playing Assassin's Creed Origins the other day, and there's kind of the opening little area that you're in, mm-hmm. and near the opening area, there's this giant cliff side that you get to climb up. And I climbed up this cliffside, and here I am standing up here at the top of the cliff, you know, on the type of eagle suicide jump thing that <laughs> every assassin does. So then you and... pressed Y to synchronize? <laughs> I did, I did. And I synchronized, <laughs> and as soon as I finished synchronizing, a giant sandstorm blew in. Ooh. And so, like, I couldn't even see the ground below me. Like, the sun was Did you poking. jump anyways? I did. 
but <laughs> I actually paused. Like I, I take pictures every once in a while. I'll play with the photo mode a little bit. Yeah, I actually stopped, went to photo mode, and spent like five minutes trying to get the perfect angle of the assassin standing on the bush with the sun silhouetted behind sand <laughs> as the storm is blowing through. I like spent this whole time. Can you time please doing tweet this. out this photo? Yes, I yeah. want to see the screenshot. <laughs> I'll pull it out. I'll send it out. But that was one of my. I just like one of those locations. You just pause and you go, wow. This is really cool. I'll share my next because it's really quick and easy. I'm going to say New Donk City, the Donkey Kong scene, the music festival. Like That was like my favorite moment in gaming this year when I think of my favorite location. I would have never guessed a New York City realistic humanoid city in a Mario game would have been my favorite thing about gaming in the year. But that that whole city, everything about that was just from the music to the feel. It was just that's amazing. in Mario Odyssey. So, yeah, yep, Mario Odyssey, New Donk City, the best best world in that game. And the festival yeah. really cap, capped that world off. Oh, it was perfectly. It was beautiful. <laughs> I just being out such a long time Mario fan and playing the Donkey Kong arcade game, you know, all throughout growing up, just that was so cool. Because ever since they announced New Donk City, but before I even knew anything about it, I'm like, there has to be Donkey Kong somewhere in this city. <laughs> like whether it's old school DK or new school, like. I want Donkey Kong in there, and I got the cameo, so yeah, it was great. Um, I'm having a really hard time choosing because, but I'll just say the first moment in Zelda where I climbed to the top of a mountain and like the sun mm. was setting, like the lighting in that game is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And I went through back through my Switch pictures, like snapshots, uh, like a month ago. And I think I had, like, 300 snapshots just from <laughs> Zelda. And, like, 80% of them were just kind of panoramic vistas of, like, the sun setting over Hyrule. Yeah. And you get the lens flare, like, perfectly. Yeah. Because well, every time you made it to a mountain, like, it still felt like you were discovering something new, even though you were in the same world. Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the so, awe kept coming. Yeah. That game brought had so many awe-inspiring moments. So I'm going to say just the mountains in Hyrule. Favorite location. I like it. I like it. Uh, the next big one, uh, favorite character, and it doesn't have to be an established, like a new established, like this character didn't exist before 2017, yeah. but it just has to be a, a character that came out in a game this year. And w- what was one of your guys' favorite characters? Uh, let's start with Jeff. Oh man, uh, well I was gonna say Cappy, but since he's apparently a weapon and not a character, <laughs> I don't know if uh, if that counts anymore. Um, I'll instead probably just go with, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Master Mummy from, <laughs> from ARMS. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love ARMS and I am slowly becoming a Master Mummy main because I found this great combo. If you use the nunchuck arms, he's like almost unstoppable to beat online and ranked. Like I'm doing really well with him right now. But uh, no, just the entire backstory of ARMS is just ridiculous and hilarious. And his whole thing is basically he died and now he's come back to life. And basically he's entered the ARMS tournament, not because he wants to fight or be a creepy mummy, but just because he wants to gain popularity so he can find his wife and daughter who thinks that he's dead, but he's secretly back to life and wants to rejoin his happy family. So his wife and daughter are still alive. They're not also mummies. Yeah, they're they're alive and they he wants to basically let them know that he is still alive and wants to rejoin them. I'm pretty sure that's the backstory. It's just totally ridiculous. That's great. That's hilarious. ARMS has fantastic characters character design like i mean yeah. i'm not a huge fan of the gameplay it's fun but 
I obviously didn't buy the game. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the character designs in that game is so over the top and yeah. so like colorful so, and so well done. Yeah. Um, I think the highest compliment I can pay it is it reminds me so much of the Overwatch character design. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. They, re- they well represent pretty much every different race and gender, and they just do weird things with, now you're a clown with candy arms. Now you're a blob of goo, goo with DNA strands in your hair. Like, just totally weird. But, yeah, yeah. I'll probably go Mummy. He, he's he's one of my favorites. You know, he's a stereotypical Mummy, but he's also kind of got this funny backstory. So, cool. there you go. Nice. Good choice. Nathan? Oh, shoot. I'm next. <laughs> I can go next if you want. Uh, yeah, you what? go ahead. I'm still trying to figure right. it out. So I'm going to go back to Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, I know it sometimes feels like I don't actually play any other games except for like three <laughs> games in a year, guys. But <laughs> I really I really cannot say enough good about this game. I, I did a lot of research on other games. And I, I do because, I mean, obviously we're a gaming podcast. But I just keep coming back to this. Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, for a new character to be introduced into 2017 video game worlds and to be such a strong character. Like, she doesn't need no man to help her out. She's not, like... I mean, this this isn't, like, the stereotypical female who just, like, goes out into the world and, like, has trouble and issues and problems and has to be saved time and time again. Like, she literally kicks butt and saves every single man She's more she like needs. your Laura, Laura Croft, uh, Samus type of girl. Yes. <laughs> Except even more so. She, like, saves all the guys well, and multiple you, times. I feel like you get a lot of her kind of backstory and you know her better, at least better than I know, like, someone like yeah. Laura Croft or something like yeah. that. So that adds to her character as well. And she's well, really, really story... well acted by uh, Ashley Birch. Yeah. yeah, and the story development, like, playing through the whole game and hitting the end of the game, like, I wanted to see what happened with her. I wanted to see her development. And, like, the story development around her is just incredible, as well as the fact that there's these moments where she, like, flirts with some of the guys, but she doesn't have a romance option. And in a game in 2017 where, you know, so many other games are like, you have to have a romance option... Mm-hmm not to have a romance option was actually kind of refreshing. Yeah. Like it's been like, that's not her concern. She just wants to kill robot dinosaurs. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So wants to prove herself the whole, whole point really. Right. Yes, exactly. So uh, my favorite character, I'm going to cheat a little bit and go with three, but the uh, three Frisbee golf players from (laughs) golf story actually going to be my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, they're hilarious because basically you meet them in golf story. You're playing on this golf course and they're like, Ugh, why are you here? You're just a golf player. We're too good for you anyways. And so um, it introduces one of the mechanics in Golf Story, which is you can actually play Frisbee golf. And there's um, and then as you progress further along, you meet them at different spots and play uh, Frisbee golf kind of in a couple different locations. Mm-hmm. And But the reason I love them so much is because their character is super snotty and like we are so much better than you, <laughs> kind of typical <laughs> – and I have a couple of friends who are like very into frisbee golf, and they're the way they play frisbee golf is the exact same way. Like, they're like I have my ten, like twenty discs, and I'm gonna select this driver for this hole, and uh, I need to do this. Stay out of the way if I'm driving. Exactly, exactly. And they're written so well, and they are absolutely very hilarious. Very, very, yeah, cheeky. yeah, very so, appropriate. Yeah. That's a good choice. I like that. Right. Um, kind of the next category. So our favorite mode. Of transportation uh just thinking through the games like what was our favorite like getting from point a to point b whatever that was i will go first like um go 
when you can get on a bear in Breath of the Wild <laughs> and ride a bear around, it is pretty, pretty cool. That is cool. You have to, like, sneak up, too. Yeah, it's like, very it's, hard it's to very do. hard to get on it. Like, you have to sneak up, and the bears are really hard to sneak mm-hmm. up onto. And then once you get on him, like, you have to have, uh, I think, a couple of potions of stamina, or else you'll run out of stamina yeah. and get bucked off. <laughs> but then once you get on him, you can kind of ride around. And he's similar to, like, a horse, except he's a little bit heavier. Um, but you just feel really, really cool riding around on a bear. And I haven't finished the Zelda DLC to unlock the motorcycle yet. So <laughs> I'll go with the riding a bear. I like it. Uh, that is awesome. Um, I was kind of thinking about mine, and um, Mass Effect Andromeda was kind of a terrible game just in general, uh, story-wise. <laughs> but you did put 100 hours into it, so you have to, it has to have some it. redeeming quality, right? It's got to have some redeeming quality, and so thinking mode of transportation, the Mako. I never thought I would say that, because after Mass Effect 1, where the Mako was just garbage, yeah. <laughs> having a Mako that actually was really fun to drive off of cliffs and see how long you could float in the air for. And for those of you who haven't played Mass Effect, the Mako's just basically your space rover that you traverse yeah, the land like more quickly six, on. Or eight-wheeled rover thing. I don't even remember how many wheels it has. That's how long it's been, how much I've blocked up my memory <laughs> of that game. Um, but it just had that that it was just a fun thing to play. You could yeah. boost, you could jump, you could drive well, and it your off characters would make it. conversation as you drove it too, which made it more. Yeah, interesting yeah, it was, too. A, it was just a fun little thing, and I I, I think for all the that and uh, the fact that you could do like a kind of a, a quick dash, like clear like twenty feet in three seconds, and you had a jetpack were like the best transportation things of twenty seventeen, right there, Mass Effect yep. and drama that. Some redemption. There you go. <laughs> some redemption. Emphasis on the sum. Some. Yeah. Um, my favorite was also from Zelda. It wasn't the bear or riding the elk or any other weird animals. It was shield surfing because you could, at <laughs> any point in the game, take out your shield and just surf down a mountain, whether it was grassy, rocky, or filled with snow. And just being able to do that just made moving around so much more fun rather than just having to... You know, it's the first Zelda game where I didn't just keep doing the side dash, like hut, 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 like, <laughs> across the field to move quickly. Like it made it so much more fun, and you could do a little attack, and there was like time trials and stuff. So that was I had so much fun doing that. But yeah. That was a great. We can, we can throw game. this out for uh, honorary mention since it's apparently a weapon, not a character or a mode of transportation, but uh, Cappy from Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Cappy is just thing- everything. He's a mode yes. of transportation. He's a weapon. He's a character and everything exactly exactly um we probably have time for one more favorite thing here rob so last favorite thing uh this is just kind of thinking a little bit beyond uh just the in-game this is kind of thinking more towards uh games that were revealed or like you know gaming shows or that sort of thing so what was one of your favorite reveals this year I, I, I was going to say Metroid Prime 4 because just the fact that Nintendo did a logo announcement for a game that everyone thought didn't exist was very exciting. Uh, but I'm going to have to go back to ARMS. Just the fact that we were getting this presentation about the Nintendo Switch and we saw you know, all these different games. All of a sudden you see these two real-life actors and they grow these CG spring arms and start punching the crap out of each other. And you're like, what the heck is going on? This is so weird. Is this a new game? And they announced ARMS that way by just doing that weird live action trailer. I just thought that was so weird and nuts and bananas. And the more I heard about the game and how cool the characters looked, I came more intrigued. And here I am 60 hours later into ARMS still really enjoying it. So Nice. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea that game existed until that 
live action yeah, that's trailer crazy in January. Because that game released in what June? Yeah, it was about a so five. So it was five, five months month from reveal mm-hmm. to actual release. Which for Nintendo that does insane. not happen. Like, no, no. Props to Nintendo for doing that. Yeah. Um, for me, I can think like uh, there's a couple of games I can think of that I was really excited to see, like Assassin's Creed Origins and Battlefront Two. Even though Battlefront Two was kind of a micro transaction trash. Yeah. Um, but the one that really stands out in my mind is kind of controversial. Last of Us Part Two. Uh, so like that creepy trailer the creepy very violent very like what the heck is happening type trailer because literally all of us were talking about it for the next few months like we we're still bringing it up and definitely we're uh, still sparked some conversation <laughs> it yes. sparked a lot of conversation and also for how brutal i mean we could obviously talk about how brutal and kind of grotesque it is it was very beautifully animated like I the animation does cinematics is well, for sure. extremely realistic and extremely like, which makes it even worse sometimes. But yeah. do you think the whole game is going to have cinematics like that? I hope so. That would be so cool. I hope like, it. Well, I won't play it, so I guess I can't say I hope it doesn't. <laughs> Four did and it kicks it up to eleven. Oh, you know, I, so it makes me excited about the game, not just because it's super controversial and I'm I I live in thrive on controversy but because it also i i love the first game and seeing that just kind of makes me intrigued like yeah. what is going on how does this relate to the main story and it's set in seattle so well, that's cool can't go wrong there i didn't know that wait it's set in seattle yeah cool i did not know that nathan uh okay ea has gotten a lot of hate this year but i will give them <laughs> the benefit of the doubt in this area when they revealed, I didn't even see this live because I wasn't watching it. But when they revealed, um, now yeah, I can't revealed, remember. Is this a game? Yes, they revealed a game for next year. For next year, what is the name of it? I don't know if this can be my reveal if Fair? I can't remember the name of the year. <laughs> I don't know. No, the is Destiny this, game. The Des. Oh, uh, the oh, Bioware game, Anthem. Anthem. Thank you. So yeah. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Yes, very embarrassing. But uh, Anthem <laughs> did have a really cool reveal because they kind of had the red curtain and then it opened up and you were in this crazy beautiful looking open world um and it showed basically the third person action game where you're going around hunting monsters and doing some other kind of stuff and it looks really really fun um all of the things that have happened since then have made me lose faith in ea's kind of ability to make that game fun and not super microtransaction heavy but it was a really cool reveal, so props to EA for that. It was a cool trailer. Very <laughs> mentioned Beyond Good and Evil Two. That was my second choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that I'm one. So, as my I'm excited to see more also. about that game. Yeah. What it ends up being, but yeah, um, so. yeah, great. That was a good segment. Good, good to have you back, Rob. Uh, having some fun segments like that. Nice so. to be back. So, um, so uh, we've gone about an hour already. So maybe just real quick in like thirty seconds or less. Um, since we missed it last week, uh, what have you guys uh, been playing this week? Maybe just share, just real quickly, what you've been playing. Okay, so uh, I've been gone for a while, so I, I'm going to hit a couple of big ones. So Assassin's Creed Origins, Banner Saga 2, uh, kind of two just stables I've been playing a lot of lately, and I'll have more information for you guys about those in the future. <laughs> okay. Uh, put a game called 12 is Better Than 6. It's kind of a Western, top-down, 
uh, thing. I'm not sure. I only played about 10 minutes of it. I need to play a little bit more to know better. <laughs> 10 minutes. The 10 minute shout out. <laughs> uh, I played a game called Binary Domain. It got really kind of mediocre reviews. It's actually probably my worst reviewed Steam game I have, I believe. <laughs> wow. It's a first person, it's a, it's a third person shooter that uses voice commands. That sounds really... So Send us me... your crappy game ideas, and we will shout them out on the Hey Listen Games cast, people. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was playing in the living room, and my wife was in there, and I felt really embarrassed because I actually turned the game off because it's like, say, go, command, you know, like, say the go command. I'm not going to do that one. So, <laughs> so like, back to, like, the 2010, like, like, Connect days or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. No, that's what it felt like. Actually, I think the game came out about that era. That makes sense. <laughs> um, All right. I played a game called Bit Evolution, uh, just continuing the Steam library. I might finish Bees by... I'm gonna say these are all B games. These, this is still going through your Steam library. Uh, Bit Evolution is uh, it's kind of a side-scrolling 2D platformer type game that I got stuck on within five minutes and couldn't mm. get past it. And basically just said, "This is a weird concept. There's not really anything to it. I don't think I'm terrible at platformers. I'm not gonna waste my time." So that's mm-hmm. my <laughs> that's my video game. You have what 12 else? days to get to D. 12 days. I'm not going to do it. Uh, all right. Well, for I, me, I, to B. <laughs> I ended up uh, picking up a couple games this week. Out of nowhere, I picked up Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which, as we all know, when this game first got leaked, I was like, this is terrible. Why are they making this? I'm never going to get this game. And here I am now playing it and absolutely loving this game. And I finally see why so many people were talking so well about this game, like, I'm just shocked that Ubisoft put out this game that has so much depth and has good writing and like has colorful worlds and has fun gameplay. Like it's really, really refreshing to see. And so I've been really enjoying that. I can talk more about it next week. I've uh, just been the first world. I'm starting to kind of go back and do some of the challenges, but really enjoying that so far. And then mutant muds collection. I picked up on the switch. Um, Very fun, just short, quick platforming levels. Um, you can play the new puzzle game on it in tape mode, which is really cool, which means you like literally take the Switch console itself in handheld and you turn it vertically. So that's that's kind of cool. And then uh, just bought Brawlout today, which is you know a Smash Bros-type platform fighter, first one on the Switch. And yeah. uh, put, put a little bit into that. Like I said, Fresh just got it today. But uh, yeah, it's pr- pretty fun now. I'm excited to sink some more time into it. Cool. Sweet. I have put 10 more hours into Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Back to Breath of the Wild. I bought the DLC, and I have only played a little bit of the Trial of the Sword and some done some of the quests. I haven't even done any of the actual new DLC content. Wow. I just have been going around and finding random things. So I'm Still back in that game. There, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. All right. There. Well, we will leave you with The Machine by Ridiculon from the and this nice soundtrack. Uh, have a good week, everyone. This music right, is stressful. See you guys. <laughs>